0: Hello, I'm Dan. And I'm Simon. And this is the WikiCast, a podcast where Wikipedia takes us to a random article and we talk about what we find. Simon, what are we talking about this week?
1: This week, Daniel, we're talking about the Snetisham Hydroelectric Power Plant. Uh,
0: my favorite power plant in
1: Schnettism. If you told me that Snetisham was a real place, I would have laughed. It sounds like a made-up place. It does. Um, Do you want to guess which country Snettisham is in? Is it ending S-H-A-M? It is indeed. Is it in the UK? There is a place called Snettisham in Norfolk, but it is not where this power plant is.
0: This power plant is not in the UK? Not in the UK. Is it in Europe? Nope. Is it in America?
1: It is in the great state of Alaska. Uh, So Eric, we're in your home territory, sunshine. By the way, Dan, we we ignore the article for the next half hour or so. How how the devil are you? Oh, goodness me! Well, it's been a it's been a long time, hasn't it? It' about five weeks, I think, since we last recorded. Um, not out of laziness or because of spite, uh, but because we've both been, and I'd like to, if I may, Dan, say that I've probably been more so um, extraordinarily busy. Yeah, it's been it's been a time. A lot's happened. <laughs> Uh, Since the last recording, um, I have uh, moved out with Pixel Girl out of our old house, moved in with my parents, uh, moved out of my parents' house, have bought a house, moved into the new house. Um, I had my stag do. I have been on a filming trip. I've been on a literary festival trip. And this is the first week... In literally five weeks, that I've been able to actually sort of sit down and kind of do my job normally and actually record a podcast. So, apologies for the lack of service recently, uh, but I've certainly been busy. And what have you been up to, Dan?
0: Well, I've just been, I've been sort of careering into the end of my first sort of half of my LPC and masters. Mm. Um, amongst other things, it was a completely mental. Um, month of music making to um which my bank account is very glad of but as far as actual sort of time (laughs) to get things done uh, it's proved slightly challenging and i'm now i'm soon going to be coming to the end of what has been a fairly hectic two-week revision period before i have my core my core lpc um exam sort of modules before i go into the next semester which then becomes um uh, elective uh, exams and dissertation writing for my master's and all of that good stuff so just ridiculous really completely completely busy and yeah i'm I, I i get i get one week off week commencing the 11th of july um which i can't wait for i need i need a break desperately do you remember when we started this podcast and we we had all the time in the world <laughs> oh goodness i know it seems like an age ago well i suppose it was it's a long time ago.
1: It literally was however many, five odd years ago now. Because um, I I went full-time on YouTube at the end, technically, at the end of 2017. And we've been doing the podcast for almost a year, I think, at that point. So it's yes. been nearly six years of this. But just just how different our lives are compared to then. Like previously, I mean, certainly we had very different experiences at that time. Because obviously, undergrad versus postgrad. But generally speaking, we'd wake up. We'd have one or two things that we'd have to do in a day. And then rest of the time was jolly if you wanted it to be. Mm. Um, you know, normally do a bit of singing. That'd be fun. Stay out, go out of the pub, stay out. And then, you know, come back late and then rinse and repeat. Do the whole thing again. Yeah. Now, I, I've, I own a house. I've, I've got a mortgage to pay. I've got, a, I've got a job that takes me literally all over the world. <laughs> the changes in the past couple of years have been nuts.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. It's just, it's just crazy so much to do.
1: And I've got to say, Dan, I'm, I'm, I am I've very much miss seeing you and I'm looking forward to seeing you next week. Absolutely. I can't wait. Um, I'm going to be coming down to Exeter uh, to, to see some of the singing. Um, unfortunately, we would have been... Uh, I'm pretty sure I would have been seeing you on Saturday as well for our friend Hugo Wickman. Um, he, he had a party. But uh, the shout out to the people um, who are on strike um, for Better Pay for Rail Workers. I, frankly, all for it. Definitely, we need to see more organised union action. I'm, anything that the Daily Mail hates is, generally speaking, a good thing. Mm-hmm. So well done for standing up for your workers' rights. It does mean I can't go and see Dan and Hugo and people like that, which is a minor inconvenience, but whatever. That's also just a thoroughly dated the episode for when Fergus definitely edits this in the course of like a day and I spend a week saying that I'm going to review it <laughs> and then not putting it out. I'm busy, all right? I've got I've got better things to do than to listen to me for an hour which I could say for everybody listening to this podcast right now. Well, you, you've got better things to do than to listen to us for an hour. <laughs> yeah. But if you do listen to us, you could, of course, find out about the Snettisham Hydroelectric Power Plant. In Alaska? In Juneau, Alaska. Right. Um, Juneau spelt J-U-N-E-A-U. Ah, Juneau. F- Juneau, the French part of Alaska. Zut alors, moose. I don't know what Alaskan people complain about. (laughs) We are part of the United States as well. We are simply not contiguous. We look very small on the map, but actually our state is enormous.
0: Incredibly big. It's crazy, isn't it? (laughs) I don't know. Where does the name come from?
1: Is it a native language thing? Is it it a name in the the native language? Um just never seen that spelling before. Um, I found out a fun etymology actually yesterday. Dan, uh, do you know what ta- where Tamagotchi comes from? Um, I don't say Japan, you smart ass.
0: Well, I thought it was the. I thought, I thought it was a name, like a Japanese name.
1: I, I thought that as well. Uh, apparently not. It's a portmanteau of egg watch. It's a, it's a, it's a watch. Which incidentally, um, hey. the Japanese word for watch is a loan word from English. It's uachi. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a thing that looks like a watch that looks like an egg. So it's an egg watch. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Ah, okay. It was a French surname, Dan. You were quite right. Uh, Alaskan city was named after Joe Junot. Sorry, Joe Jeuneau. <laughs> um, it was named by Joe you know? Jeuneau. Jo- I, I, I do know. know now. Somebody you. that you used to Junot. <laughs> a miner and prospector. His French surname derives from jeune, meaning young. So it is the French part of Alaska. Boom. And, yeah, this is a, it's a power plant, 78,000 uh, kilowatts, otherwise known as 78 megawatts, located 28 miles south of central Jeuneau, uh, and accessible only by boat or seaplane. Uh, I love any place that is only accessible by boat or seaplane. I just think that's a really cool state of affairs to have. Yeah. <laughs> probably not... If you've got a medical emergency, probably not, but very romantic. Actually, I was thinking about this the other day. So, obviously, romance... We think of it as a relationship identifier, right? You are a romantic if you are somebody who likes romancing. But when people talk about the idea of, say, like, the Orient Express being romantic, or sleeper trains in general, for example, being romantic, how would you define what that means? What does romance mean in that context?
0: Um, I guess probably more pertaining to sort of, like, the artistic style. Mm-hmm.
1: But if an, an experience can be romantic, because I was, I was thinking about this the other day and I don't have a very good definition. For, I think the only thing I can come up with is it's the
0: unfamiliar familiar. I think if it's romantic, I would say it's like it's very emotional and it might almost be sort of overly ideal, you know, sort of rose tinted, that sort of a romantic feeling of everything. Gosh, isn't everything just a... Um, isn't everything so lovely and but that's what i mean about how it how it's like it's familiar but it's unfamiliar familiar
1: you know like it's an experience that is is kind of every day but there's something different about it that makes it feel romantic yeah. but i don't know what that difference is
0: well part of part of certainly romanticism thinking back of like when i did my english side of my degree one of the things that's really really prominent in that aside from sort of like the idealization of Nature and and the natural world, but that's a that's a constant looking back to the past as being you know like oh you know it wasn't you know like this golden age you know the, the, and and the sort of past generally as something that was better, which would fit with the Orient Express you know because it, hmm. it because it is harking back to an era era that is outside of our own yeah but yeah it's yeah it's a funny thing isn't
1: it i don't know why i was just i was thinking about this the um, the other day um i can't remember what what sparked me but yeah it's just a just an idle thing um uh, but yeah that, that's basically all that we have on this article i should point out it was completed in 1973 it's connected um via a 44 mile transmission line despite being only 28 miles south qx files sound oh. Supplies seventy-eight percent of the electricity for Alaska Electric Light and Power, which sounds like a David Bowie album. There you go. It's. I, mean, I figured that it, this is a this is a tiny article, but I figured we had so much to catch up on yeah. <laughs> that we, we could probably get away with it. Um, also, Snettisham is just a fun fun, fun word to say. It's great. <laughs> I feel like we can actually just you know you know let let's just power through the podcast because I think we're going to have quite an extensive thing, a lot of things to talk about in Critics Corner. I just got a yeah, sense. Definitely. That. Um, so, how about before we do that, you tell me about your choral piece of the week or sorry, the past five weeks?
0: <laughs> and this will be my piece of the week. Drum roll, please. My choral piece of the week this week, Simon, is um, something a little different uh, in that it's not. Really old and incredibly niche um, As it it tends to be Um, We're going to be We're going to be looking at a modern composer Right uh, Having written obviously a modern composition And it is a composer that you know Do I? Yeah
1: Who do I know that's composed music?
0: It's the one, the only Hugo Wickman Oh Wickman! Mm. Yeah of course And uh, Hugo, years ago now Arranged a really wonderful setting of um, Shine by Take That, which is, I suppose it was, must
1: have been two years ago, right? Because it was we did it for the I, well, I edited the video for a pandemic sing along type thing, so it must have been 20 yeah, yeah. 20 I think.
0: Yeah. So he 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 he's done an arrangement of Take That's Shine specifically for the graduation ceremonies at the University of Exeter. The chapel choir sing at the grad ceremonies. Um, every year and of course this year they're making up for covid years so the graduation period is spanning sort of like four weeks including going down mm. to sing at the the Cornish campus so there's a lot of singing are you there for a couple of days in in Truro I think that I think they're there for like a week oh what or certainly like oh. four or five four or five days I mean I'm not able to go sadly because I'm I'm busy working but it'll be so nice that's the dream
1: that is the literal dream. But we're
0: doing we're doing his arrangement of Shine, and it's really great. I love it. It is. Obviously, there's videos, too, of the chapel choir performing the sort of... The, the thing that really kicked the ceremonies off back in the day, which was the arrangement of Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Oh, the King Singers' Arrangement. Yeah, yeah, which is great. And quite a... You know, it's a challenging piece of music, but, but really fun. Um, and we've been mm. sort of rotating pieces through the ceremony. This is the first week of ceremonies. But uh, Hugo's arrangement of Shine has featured heavily throughout, and it's brilliant, and I've forgotten how much I enjoy singing it. There's a great tenor bit in it, isn't there, where it's like, You don't, don't know what you're waiting
1: for. Yeah. There's, it, like, the way that he blends from the text into supporting lines. I can't remember it. I don't think that's the right words, but it's really good.
0: Yeah, that's great. So, like, when you go into when you move into the chorus it starts in the tenor voices and then as it as it gets higher and higher sort of a, approaching a, a g flat um it then gets handed over to altos and 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 then moves around again so like the, the, from a point of sort of like voice leading i guess if you like mm. it's amazing it's really good and he's you he know he's a very very talented um musician and yeah i cannot wait for the
1: wedding because he's arranged uh you're my best friend for our first dance
0: of course yeah of course
1: um, which people hopefully are going to be learning
0: oh, <laughs> sure.
1: really sure. hope that people look at that
0: music beforehand oh they definitely will
1: but he's 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 very very good hugo he is. is a fantastic arranger really it, shout out to hugo if you want to pay him to arrange some music for you i'm sure
0: he'll probably be very happy to do that absolutely <laughs> get yeah. in touch with us and we'll put you in touch <laughs> But I thought it would be nice to sort of feature something a bit sort of, well, A, relevant to seeing as its graduation sort of period now, um, and B, a bit different, a bit modern. Uh, so my choral piece of the week is uh, Shine, arranged by Hugo Wickham um, for the graduation ceremonies. Speaking of which, as a little aside, before we move into Critics' Corner, do you know who was given an honorary doctorate from the University of Exeter yesterday?
1: I saw this. Stormzy was. Stormzy.
0: Dr. Mike. Stormzy. It is extraordinary, and uh, I, I watched his his sort of address, and it was amazing. I heard this, yeah, I heard he was really impressive. Yeah, it was it was wonderful, and yeah, it was a real sort of privilege to have sung at that sort of ceremony and 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 been a part of that day, and indeed for him to be a part of the day and being welcomed into the fold um, as a new alumnus of X University, which is um, yeah, which is lovely.
1: I did that thing actually, and I, I I don't know if you do this, where I saw on Facebook. That, that i think it was the bbc the big bbc page had posted an article uh and you see that it's got like 150 comments and they're like oh, do i want to do this to myself do i want to read the comments because normally on a story like this you'll get the most racist like uh, just just garbage opinions being put forth on facebook and i was like you know what i'm gonna roll the dice and it was a, a lovely surprise that all the top comments on the Facebook page were very positive about it and how much of like an inspirational figure he is, especially for young black men in, in Britain. and um, And all the reacts to them weren't just laugh reacts. Um, like it was a genuinely wholesome experience, which I was not expecting on Facebook because it so rarely happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've I've only heard I've heard uniformly positive things uh, about his address, and you know, get get on University of Exeter as long as there's not someone hiding lower down the docket that they've given an honorary doctor to, who's I don't know. incredibly problematic figure that they just wanted to slide in and distract people with Stormzy like I wouldn't put it past Mm. Exeter to do that let's put it like that Mm. like I love the uni but it's made some bad decisions
0: yeah well then Simon I think you alluded to it earlier but we've probably both got quite a lot we want to talk about in Critics Corner so shall we uh, hop skip and jump over into that corner of the room swan dive into the best section of the podcast
1: is there a best section I mean it's a low bar yeah Right, right, right. So I... we find ourselves.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice,
0: well done, well done.
1: Sorry, over to you. Uh, you, 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 you go, you go.
0: <laughs> well, after that hop, skip, and rather large jump, we find ourselves in critics' corner. I certainly have some things I want to talk about, Simon. Um, but why don't you go first? Because I'm. I think I'm not going. to, Well, put it like this. I don't think I'm going to be surprised about the things we're going to discuss. We're probably wanting to talk about the same thing. So after you.
1: Well, um, I, I suppose if I had to, the big thing that, that's happening um, and I should give some kind of critique of is moving house is very stressful. <laughs> Buying a house is very stressful. Um, that, <laughs> that's my review of the past couple of weeks. But it's, it's been a, a, a very interesting experience. Um, that's that's sort of <laughs> I do not even know how to like wrap my head around this for the sake of the podcast because there's so much mm. to unpack li- quite literally. Yeah. I, although I will t- right, so I'll, I'll tell you what on slightly more because it is very positive news. I I, I, I what I don't want to do is bitch and moan for however long it's going to be, but I do have a, a story to tell about something else that happened between us moving out and between us moving in, which was from my stag do. What my first stag do, I should say. I would like to review Warhammer Worlds (laughs) very briefly. Uh, Of course, Uh, of course. So basically some friends and I who have been in the hobby for years and years um, went off to Nottingham and uh, we we rented an Airbnb for a couple of days and we we played at Warhammer Worlds, which is the headquarters of Games Workshop where there are probably about... Oh, maybe a hundred tables, I'd guess, uh, that you could book and people turn up with their armies. And it was like the first outing I had of my Hawaiian orcs, which people were very complimentary of. People kept coming over and saying um, how much they liked them and wanted to take pictures, which was very flattering. But that wasn't the interesting thing about being there. There were there were two incidents, um, which I'll go through in all uh, increasing interestingness. The first of which was I insisted, because it's my party and I can, I can make up the rules as I like, that I wanted to play the, the game Wizard Staffs on one of the evenings. Are you familiar with the rules of Wizard Staffs, Dan? I am, I am indeed. So this is, for the benefit of readers at home, this is the drinking game where you drink a, a can of something and in order to have another drink you have to tape it to the top of your previous can. The idea is, as an evening goes on, you accumulate a staff... And in retrospect, we probably actually should have done this over the course of the whole weekend rather than just on one night. Um, but what we did as well as this was dress up as wizards. So uh, me and my friends and the pictures of this are absolutely not coming out or going anywhere. Uh, but I, for example, was dressed as Gandalf the White, uh, the Grey. Um, I had my friend who was a... Uh, like a a lava wizard, like a fire mage from Skyrim. Um uh, my mm-hmm. friend Dan came as uh, an Orb ponderer. He <laughs> literally brought the costume and an orb for him to ponder.
0: Brilliant.
1: Uh my friend I won't I won't name them for fear of retribution, but one of my friends actually came as a fantastic cosplay of Scarlet Witch oh, wow. from uh WandaVision. <laughs> Which was not <laughs> not at all the cosplay i would have picked for him but as a result of this we we um we we got some takeaway Uh, we ordered a chinese takeaway for that evening and uh basically the most normally dressed of us which was the guy uh, pondering the orb was elected to go to open the door and you know when, when the doorbell went open the door get the food thank you very much and then (laughs) and bring the food in but what happened was this uh the doorbell went off dan went up opened the door hi thanks very much and as the guy was handing over the carrier bag full of of a chinese takeaway he looked past dan's shoulder and what he saw was a collection of like six or seven fantasy wizards (laughs) all stood there like you know like how meerkats stand when they're all a little bit nervous with like their hands folded in front of them as a group just all of us going oh, is, that, is that the food dan <laughs> this poor guy gave us this look of just what the hell is going on in here like gave the food yeah. and very quickly left <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Amazing. My my review of the experience is, um, if you're going to to do something like this, maybe just hide rather than letting the delivery person think that you're in some form of LARPing, possibly sex cult situation. Mm. I imagine that's going to be a story for that guy as well. The other thing which which happened, um, and I can give a uniformly positive review of, is um, whilst we were at Warhammer World, our patron saint, Lord and Master, Henry Cavill, Best known for playing Geralt of Rivia and Superman, uh, stopped by and and came in with his girlfriend to buy some miniatures, <laughs> and it was a really bizarre experience all round. Because I was I was actually off. I wasn't playing a game that morning. I wasn't feeling. Um, I had like a bit of a migraine, and so I was I was off assembling a kit that I'd bought, and. Um, my friend came over and was like, "Yeah, you might you might want to see this." And um, yeah, Henry Cavill was there talking to some of the guys who were playing on the table next to us, which they were playing this huge like eight thousand point game. That, that you know there were like titans and like thirty tanks or something crazy. It was this huge huge game. So he went over and was like yeah. talking to them about the models. And um, I just so happened to have my surfers that I've been painting up for the Hawaiian orcs, including one oh, yeah. who is based on Henry Cavill. Um, He wore a Uh, a Hawaiian shirt as um, like an Instagram post. So I I painted up the knob of the unit and I was like, oh, I'll I'll go over and show him. And I came within about I came within heavy bolter range, Dan. I was in like 48 inches of, cool. of Henry Cavill. And then I was like the next person who'd kind of formed in this organic kind of line. Because that was the thing. The poor guy turned up, literally just wanted to clearly show his girlfriend Warhammer World, said no one ever, and, and buy some models and, and get out. And he, he did <laughs> just get swamped. Like so many people yeah. obviously wants to come up and say hello. Um, and so I wasn't going to like be a dickhead and, and push the front and, and d- demand that he look at this thing. I just wanted, I wanted to let him live his life. But I was like the next person who he would have spoken to. And then he he sort of had to, had to leave and um, moved on to the next thing. And it was just a bit like the closest I've come to like a, a real loop closing in my life. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and just just utterly bizarre experience to be that near to somebody that famous and see you know there he's just a man Uh, and and you know how how the, the patron saint of Warhammer was was right there he decided to come to my stag do, but yeah that that you know it was a uniformly positive experience everyone was very nice to him nobody was like actually kind of getting up in his grill security wasn't an issue at all yeah and i'd like to think he had, he had a positive experience but yeah what, what what a stag do wizards and
0: superman what more could a guy ask incredible yeah i mean as, as far as a crossover goes that's extraordinary <laughs> but but what would you like to talk about dan well it's fitting that you said the words wizards and superman because i'd like to talk about obi-wan kenobi <laughs>
1: I have not watched any of this yet. I'm determined to,
0: but Ooh. I've not had any time. Okay. Well, I will talk about it without talking about it. How about that? Does he kill Luke Skywalker? Did you see that? Somebody actually posted that as a question.
1: It was like, do you think Does he it, kill, yeah. Do you think in the season finale he's gonna kill Luke? And I was like, what the <laughs> fu-
0: <laughs> So I the final episode came out yesterday. Oh, I didn't even realise that. Oh, okay. It was very it was very exciting. Uh, There were some there's lots of very cool little sort of throwback moments to previous episodes in the in the various trilogies. I enjoyed it. I think the writing is poor, mm-hmm. but I enjoyed it.
1: How would you compare it to, for example, The Mandalorian or Book of Boba
0: Fett? If you've if you've seen any of that, um, I would say that. See, it's interesting, isn't it? Well, I, I enjoyed The Mandalorian and I enjoyed the book of Boba Fett. I think the writing across all three suffers from the same sort of failures. Mm. And that is, I think, the sort of episodic nature of the, the various TV shows. It, may, it means that they can very easily succumb to the weakness of sort of pointless stuff happening because they need to have a start, middle and end for each episode. And then mm. the, the, the broad theme of how the narrative sort of progresses across the series is present but weaker as a result and because each episode needs to be a standalone thing characters don't develop as much as you'd like you get characters introduced at random like at random points they get deliver sort of i don't know a paragraph of sort of dialogue um which gives a little bit of exposition about their character and then in you know two minutes later they're going back on their word because the plot needs to move on you know um it's all of those those things it's by no means i don't i don't think it's terribly written i just think it's i think it's poor
1: i have heard so ben from the Yogscast made this point about how every episode starts with a few minutes of something really exciting nothing for like 40 minutes and then like five to ten minutes of something really exciting happening yeah and it just gets draining so what he was doing was what he called lego bricking it where you watch from the midpoint of an episode to the midpoint of the next episode oh yeah and then, like that's where you take your breaks. I mean, of course, it's different if you just marathon it. Um, but yeah, rather than watching starts to end, he watches middle to middle, and apparently it's a much more interesting experience because of that.
0: Sure, I think. I mean, certainly in this in this episode finale, that was a that was a great episode, and there's some there's there's some really amazing stuff. But yeah, I, I'd be really curious as to, when you've when you've seen them. I'd be curious to hear what you think. But I certainly enjoyed it. I just think mm. part of me wishes that it had, could have been a bit better
1: i mean i i there's just so much stuff i need to watch i need to watch everyone i need to watch um is it everything everywhere all at once or all the time i can't remember the name of it um
0: no i haven't seen that uh
1: there's um oh gosh people were having a go at me on the discord the other day and i say people i mean captain reed i was having a go at me for not watching um oh, tick tick boom that was it Tick Tick Boom is apparently really good. Oh, that's that's fantastic. That's really good. I need to watch The Boys as well. I still haven't finished Arcane. I'm halfway through Arcane and really enjoying it. I've just fallen into the trap of watching lots and lots of, of Star Trek Deep Space Nine.
0: Sure. I think really, aside from, aside from Kenobi, I haven't really been watching it. Oh, with the exception of on an evening when I finally come home sort of exhausted from library and singing and having driven over to Buckfast or I've been covering loads of services at Exeter Cathedral um Mm. for for one of the lay clerks there our friend Michael um uh, isn't singing at the moment so I've been covering all of those and when I get home the one thing I've been really loving is going onto iPlayer and watching the back catalogue of the repair shop oh nice yeah which is just the most wholesome wonderful viewing and I love it um and so that, aside from The Repair Shop and Kenobi, which is sort of, you know, a, a, an interesting combination, to be sure. Um, <laughs> what a welcome one. Yeah. Um, I haven't really been watching anything else.
1: No, I, I have. I, I, I have a big recommendation to make, and this is based on me marathoning almost every single video on this channel. There is um, a YouTube channel called Bobby Broccoli, which is... It's not his name. I don't know where the name comes from, but he makes (laughs) brockumentaries, right? (laughs) Which is his his version of documentaries. I see, and they are largely based on uh, things in the in the industry in the world of physics. Um, and by that, I mean, there's a two-part series on the Bobdenoff twins, who are this, this pair of French reality, um, sorry, like science TV presenters, who basically faked their way to a doctorate and then got it rescinded. And that's like an hour and a half in two parts. There's one about um, Jan-Hendrik Shun, who's a guy who nearly won a Nobel Prize based on entirely fake data. And like how all of that unraveled, but the one that really got me, and the one that really got me into his content, um, was a series that he released recently about the um, superconducting super collider, which was which was going to be America's version of CERN, and it's a three-hour, almost exactly three-hour series in three parts that is one of the most impressive things i've ever seen on youtube and oh, wow. like i've watched a lot of youtube yeah. but the style of it's like a video essay that's a, a constant like a continuous obviously there's hidden cuts but like a continuous th- um 3d visualization right that is so well structured and so well written that it it's like the way i described it on twitter was it's like offensively good yeah um I cannot if people are interested in in um, longer form content on YouTube, if you like video essays, if you like physics, you've got to check this guy out. I mean, he's got 100000 subscribers at the moment and he's got a few videos that are over half a million views. Um, it feels like he's just about kind of getting into his stride in terms of like actually making stuff. I'm pretty sure he's also a scientist like in, the, in his day job, like he's a he's a postdoc or a Ph.D. Um, and he yeah. does these videos. But mark my words, that channel is going to... Oh, interesting. He, he actually joined in 2010 as well, which is when I joined. Yeah, he's he's going to blow up. Um,
0: so It's a good vintage, 2010.
1: Yeah, lots of good channels. <laughs> and me. Um, so yeah, highly, highly recommended. Bobby Broccoli. Uh, when I was on my my trips recently, so I was in... Um, <laughs> actually, I was thinking of you whilst I was on this trip, because uh, I went to the Netherlands uh, to film in Wageningen which is um, like, I don't know, 45 minutes from Amsterdam. Took the Eurostar to Amsterdam and then the train across. Um, and I on the way, I downloaded basically all the videos this guy had made and was just binging them. But I was thinking about you because I was like, oh, I wonder if I could live here like Dan did. Like on the first day, it was just like, mm. I could see myself being here. And on the last day of the trip, I was literally cycling to the train station with a basket full of Stroopwafels.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd gone full Dutch over the course of like three days. It's an amazing place. And certainly, you know, with it being so flat, mm. the, bicy- the, the the bicycle is just like the perfect mode of transport, especially we- if you consider getting something that's an, um, electric so you can go that bit further with less effort. Yeah. I mean, the infrastructure there is incredible.
1: The The infrastructure in Wakeningen was absurd. Like, it was so easy to cycle. Um, and admittedly, yeah. it's a university town, so there was lots of money, which is going to be kind of featured in the video anyway. Um, lo- loads and loads of money uh, in the town and lots of emphasis on students. But it was just ridiculous how the bike was clearly king. And, you know, if you're a, a car, you just had to share the road with them. Yeah. Loved it. Absolutely loved my time in the Netherlands. I need to go back. Um, quite a few people have been saying to me on Twitter that I need to come and do some filming in uh, Delft. Um, so that might need to be
0: the next trip. Oh, it's beautiful there. Yeah, go to the um, go to the sort of the pottery factories and things. And, and yeah, it's it's stunning. It's a lovely place. So where where did you live again? Was it was it Den Haag you were in? I lived just outside of Den Haag. Yeah, in a in a place called uh, Leidschendam. Right. Which was uh, it was about, I don't know, on a in a car, maybe twenty. I mean, it's sort of. Sort of the same, unless you're in really heavy traffic, the car or a tram into Den Haag would probably take, I don't know, half an hour? Right. Okay. 25 minutes. But it was, yeah, it was lovely. I was there for three and a half years. And then my family, of course, when I stayed in Australia, because then we then moved to Australia, hmm. they then moved back. Um, and my, my brothers were there. A brother, in fact, that you met. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. You, you're probably best that you tell this story. <laughs> yeah. So I had a message from, I've got two younger brothers. One of them has just been away for two months travelling around Europe and the other has very, very recently just finished his graphic design course at Brighton University hmm. and I think now has his heart set on moving to Spain and never coming back because he is completely disillusioned and fed up with the state of things in this country which I can totally understand and agree with. Yep, no argument um, from me. So, so Joe is wanting to move to Spain um, and Ollie has just come back and when he was coming back he 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 said he hadn't really had more than an hour's sleep for the last 36 hours <laughs> and he he he'd got off the eurostar um and then was getting a train from london marylebone up to oxford and he was on the tube and he recognized you and apparently he came over and sort of said hello and yeah, and I, and and he, Ollie said to me, I didn't think he. But but I'd met him before. I'd spent yes, I spent yeah, lot, quite a bit of time with him before, and it just did not yeah. click
1: in my brain. Because like yeah. I, am not going to try and flop my dick on the desk here. But like from time to time, people do come up and say hello in public who watch my videos, and it happens regularly enough that I I just my brain thought, cool, very nice to meet somebody who likes the videos you know nothing uh, 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 particularly out of the ordinary about this and i just had uh, my i'd gone into automatic pilot i totally did not recognize him
0: so i'm very sorry it's funny it's a funny thing i mean i imagine it happened obviously with with you being youtube being a visual medium and and you that that being sort of the place that you um you sort of inhabit it must happen very regularly it happens occasionally to me in really odd places. I mean, obviously it happens Mm. quite a lot in Exeter by virtue of it being Exeter and, 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 and and that, you know, that sort of explains itself. But I had been, I was up, I was up in Oxford a few weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, I think for my partner's birthday. Um, And we, it was also that week where um, it was, it's the, it was the week ending with the Jubilee weekend. And on the Thursday she was singing um, in a service at Magdalen College, which is where she's doing her postgraduate um, studies. And we we were invited to to sort of drinks on the lawns afterwards, and somebody came up to me who was a student there and said, Oh, I really like the podcast. And I was which was lovely, oh. really, really sweet. And and um, they they are friends with a with a chap called Barnabas who is doing he, he did his master's and he's now doing his fill there, but did his undergrad at Exeter. So I know Barnabas very well. And it's one of these moments where you just sort of think, God, it's such a small world, but also not a small world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's really, yeah, it was really bizarre.
1: It was especially when we were, I was making the, the PhD vlogs and we just started the WikiCast. cast. I do remember on at least one occasion, people coming up to you whilst I was nearby and saying, oh, I love your podcast. <laughs> yeah. of, uh, excuse me? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, fifty percent.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> like again, we keep coming back to the past in this
0: one. We're very backwards looking. Uh, perhaps I'm just in that frame of mind. But <laughs> well, it's well, funny, funnily enough, what what was one of the first questions we started discussing at the beginning? This idea of the romantic and looking back. You look, it's all come in one full circle.
1: Oh gosh, he's a professional. He's tied it all together in a pretty little bow, hasn't he? Lovely. Yeah. Well, speaking of pretty little things. I can't tell if that's actually offensive or not. We should probably go over to Patreon Corner.
0: <laughs> Top, lad! And you all know the drill by now. What comes after Critics Corner? It's our favourite place, Patreon Corner, where we say an enormous thank you to those who support us on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash the wikicast. Um, and without your support at, at sort of whatever level this podcast couldn't exist we couldn't pay for our hosting we couldn't pay for our amazing editor we couldn't you know start sort of accruing some funds to be able to do fun things in real person plans are afoot but as we've said we are quite busy to be fair it,
1: it's going to be i was going to say recently it's not like
0: we've actually made any podcasts for for over a
1: month which is entirely re- <laughs> You know, yeah. It feels a little bit rich saying, you know, um, got, got to cough up now for the podcast we didn't make. But it's, again, not out of laziness, people. <laughs> this is very much just us trying to <laughs> work around our schedules. But we will be, I can't see any reason why the next two months or so we are going to be, you know, we, we should be able to make regular pod again, starting now. Um, Absolutely. Including, as you say, we've got some filming dates in July for you coming to see the new house and to do some filming here for a bunch of different projects, and we can splurge all of the um, the Patreon money that's been gradually building up in our account. And um, yeah, we've got some ideas that we want to we want to
0: make silly silly videos about. <laughs> so it's my great pleasure to say an enormous thank you to those who support the podcast at top dog tier level, the uh, the clear supreme pet of choice for this podcast that assaults your ear holes on a sort of, you know, semi-regular basis, with the exceptions of the month that we've just passed, because we've been tremendously busy. But, without further ado, can I say an enormous thank you to Jay Wright, Ben McMurtry, Peter Reed, Codzo, Colin J. Brown, Alistair Fortune, Eve Sharples, Lexi at Front Desk, Hasse Hansen, Henry the Seventh, King of England and of France, Lord of Ireland, Aaron Jorgensen, Naf Laroc, Sam Harvey, Andrian with an N, Chan, Ben Capels, Martin Narciso, Christian from the Alps, Amy Bonnie, Lexi at Front Desk's Boss, and Carl Valdrot. Thank you so much, guys.
1: Whereas I would like to thank the genuine people who genuinely support the best household pet. I'm of course referring to those who are top cats. I would like to thank Jean-Claude Marais, Andy Hartley, Nathan Flaherty, Abu El the Physics Boy, Simon P, Jack Easton, Izzy CC Nafi Iftikar, Dame Valerie III, Layla Medina, Oliver Craigie, Will Janice Humphreys, Rents Kirk, Oliver Burkhart, EZ, Omar Miranda, Carl Mansfield, Princess Andromeda, Isabel Ostrowski, Well, uh, 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 Rebooting, Lewis Watson, Matt Maguire and Dan Hanvey, thank you so much for keeping the lights on and keeping Fergus in pants. I'm assuming that Fergus wears pants while he edits these. If you could confirm that, Fergus, I would very much appreciate it.
0: I do wear pants but
1: nothing else.
0: and finally we find ourselves in corinspondence uh, corner
1: and i can and just got- before we carry on Dan, i do want to just make a, pl- a, a plea here for people obviously we haven't been making podcast for a couple of weeks because of everything we've been mentioning but we'd love to hear from you so based on what you've been hearing in this week's episode if you, ha- if you have anything that you'd like to send in to us things you think we might find interesting if you'd like to react to the things that we've been talking about please do email in because honestly Correspondence Corner is the best part of the show it's certainly I think the most enjoyable part for us Absolutely. Um, and um, yeah we haven't had anything through which is completely understandable because of you know not making the show but we'd love to hear from you genuinely um, so no no email. Is too small or too insignificant or too badly written we will you know all gratefully received but but with that i believe dan you have an email from uh which we received just as i think we were recording the the last
0: episode which he'd you'd like to share with the class we do indeed and the email is from jacob and uh it is titled peter fox links student experience and movie recommendations love it jacob says Hello Simon and Dan Thank you for reading out my email in the l- latest episode It was lovely hearing my words in Dan's voice And I appreciate him actually putting in the effort To correctly pronounce German words mm. Oh goodness me Correctly pronounce I mean that that's that's incredibly flattering I'm not entirely sure it's true But thank you so much anyway <laughs> It sucks that Peter Fox isn't available on Spotify for you So I have put together a few YouTube links to his songs See Appendix 1 Ah you thank you Very nice You asked what's going on in our lives, so I want to share something from the last few weeks. When I finished my exams from the last semester and sat down a few days later to sign up for the courses in this semester, I had to realise that the sign-up period for most of the courses that I wanted to take was already over. Being incredibly angry at myself and frustrated with the situation, I at least managed to sign up for a few language courses. But it didn't feel like I was doing enough, so in the first week of the new semester, I felt quite miserable. After those first few days, I had more or less accepted my not-so-busy schedule of four courses a week. And with that, I actually started to enjoy being back on campus again, which is not hard considering I get to study on Campus West End in the Goethe, Goethe. University. Goethe. Oh, there we go. So like, what did you say? Cor- correctly pronounced German words. I'm also just Googling
1: Campus West End, uh, which I believe is in seven dials. Uh,
0: there we are. Ah, no, it looks very Nice. Very modern. Goethe University in Frankfurt. What I learned from this is that beating yourself up for things that didn't go as planned is not a good way to live, and accepting these mistakes and learning from them is the only way to move on. Breach, Absolutely. Absolutely. Breach, he says. Absolutely being too hard on himself for mistakes that happen outside of my control. (laughs) Yeah. I also decided to finally do a reading module where I should choose the equivalent of four books from a long list of important works in British literature, write abstracts about each of them... And do an oral exam at the end. Oh. I have already started with Gulliver's Travels by Jonathan Swift. Good luck. I, I studied that in my first year and uh, hated the book. Okay. Um, having only watched the film adaptation with Jack Black as a child, I was curious to find out what the novel is actually about. For a novel from the 18th century, it is surprisingly readable and enjoyable, although it can be a little exhausting to read through extensive size descriptions in imperial units. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, completely right.
1: Now uh, there is an appen- another appendix here, Dan. Which I, so I'll read them to you, and I want you to give me your impression of the other books that uh, that, that Jacob has had had to be chosen to read. So you've already said uh, *Gulliver's Travels* by Jonathan Swift, *How Do the Baskervilles* by Arthur Conan Doyle. Thoughts?
0: Yeah, yeah, good. Very, very good. Classic. It's, it's a Sherlock Holmes, isn't it? *How Do the Baskervilles*? It's, yeah, it, yes, it. Yeah, um, *Atonement* by Ian McEwan. Uh, I have only seen the film. I've not seen, I've not read the book. The Rover by Afra Bain? No idea. i never heard of Afra Bain.
1: Uh, no, 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 actually, that ring does ring a bell. I'm not quite sure why. And then uh, Poems by Robert Burns. Absolutely. Oh, interesting. Afra Bain was the first professional female writer in the English language. She also lays claim to have
0: written the first English novel. Wow, that's really bad that I didn't recognise that. <laughs> I mean well so, I mean if it's any consolation I don't think that name came up in my beginnings module in my first year which covers novels from like pre-literature if you like so we we started off by reading extracts from and then the entirety of Genesis from the Bible and then Beowulf and oh goodness what was the name of that other book The Epic of Gilgamesh that's it ah um right the way through to sort of you know modern um stuff
1: um, the first novel, by the way, or, or um, it's sometimes described as an early novel, um, uh, it's one of the first. No- See, it feels like it's uh, like anything in this field. I guess it's like very difficult to determine what was actually first. Uh, was um, Oru Noko or the Royal Slave a true history? Which is interesting that it's yeah. a novel that has a true that that feels like a very almost a postmodern thing to do to have a true story. Uh, sorry, a true history. Wow, that's really interesting. Centres on the unlucky love story of Orunoko, and that's O-R-O-O-N-O-K-O, an African prince and the beautiful Imwanda? If you told me to guess what the first novel, or one of the first novels in the English language was, I would not have described something like this. Interesting. Mm. And it's um 1688
0: right? Uh, that this was published.
1: So really early,
0: wow. So that's restoration, isn't it? Uh yes, as far as the style and, and post-English things. Civil War. Wow. Well, there you go. We've we've learned, learned something today. every day.
1: Um. So, so overall, good impressions that we get. Dan Moore's re- review of your reviews, Jacob, very positive.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Jacob also mentions that we asked about opinions on Marvel films, and he'd like to give his impression on Doctor Strange Into the Multiverse of Madness. I haven't seen this, by the way. Have you? I have seen this. Okay. Jacob says, I really enjoyed seeing how Sam Raimi's unique visual style was present in so many scenes. I would agree. Uh, What really made me happy is that there are many great character moments and scenes with smart and witty dialogue, which actually makes the movie work on an emotional level. I would like to mention, however, that the character arc of Scarlet Witch is a continuation of what happened in WandaVision. So while I think these scenes might work on their own, they do make more sense if you've seen that show. I've heard that too. I couldn't stick out WandaVision for very long. I didn't find it quite as enjoyable. No." I really like WandaVision. I think
1: that's the strongest Marvel show that I've watched, actually. Oh wow. So that's interesting you say that. Okay.
0: But but you Doctor so you... strange. I've always really liked, I mean, mm. I, I think Doctor Strange is the Marvel sort of he's the Avenger that I like the most. You know, he's the he's the um yeah, I've I've always been sort of interested in in that side of things. And would you say that you enjoyed the film despite not having watched WandaVision then? Oh, completely. Yeah. I mean, I didn't enjoy Do- Doctor Strange Into the Multiverse of Madness as much as I've enjoyed other Doctor Strange films. Right. Or other films that Doctor Strange features in, because I thought at points it just got a little bit too self-aware.
1: A bit too Sam Raimi.
0: Yeah, and I think his unique there's things there's something to be said about his unique visual style. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but I thought it was I thought it, at at points it was at odds with what I wanted. Um, it, maybe it was a little too unique.
1: I have heard very mixed things. I'm going to wait until it appears on Disney Plus, and I definitely want to watch it. And I'm certainly interested. It is, it, um... it
0: is now out on Disney Plus. Oh, is it?
1: Oh, fantastic! Well, I know yeah, what I'm doing.
0: That's how I've. That's
1: how I've seen it. And um, then, because the other thing I've been told is that it's got quite significant horror elements, which I just want to see how that works in a Marvel context.
0: Yeah, there's some. There's some certainly some sort of scary bits. But yeah, it's it's. I'll be, yeah, this is another thing that we need to discuss, like Kenobi, when you've when you've seen it. I've got some catching up to do. Yeah. Uh, I would also like to hear your thoughts on Thor, Love and Thunder. There is already a teaser trailer and it looks like it's going to be an incredible amount of fun. I'm sure that's going to be brilliant. I am hesitant about that. I don't know why. I just feel like
1: the the reason that Ragnarok worked so well is Taika Waititi took the Thor formula, the Thormula, if as it were, and just completely turned it on its head, did something completely different with the character. And that fundamentally changed the character in the Infinity War and and Endgame, you know, in the the ensemble films. I don't know how it's going to handle being a sequel to a similar genre of film, if that makes sense. Like, Mm. the the thing that's interesting about Ragnarok, the thing that was interesting about Ragnarok was what it did that was new. Yes. And I wonder if... Love and Thunder isn't necessarily going to do all of that much. That's new. I, I want it to be good. Like I really, I liked Ragnarok a lot, and I want it to be good. But I'm just a little bit hesitant. I don't know why. I'm just a little voice in the back of my head is making me a little reluctant
0: to be fully enthusiastic about it. Well, I suppose we'll we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm
1: going to go see it uh, anyway Like I want to yeah, go see definitely. a good popcorn. Film. I like
0: Taika Waititi's sort of style. I th- I like that it doesn't take itself too seriously. And and it's very dry humor. It's dry sort of, yeah. Um, occasionally dark humor, which I quite like. There's that pirate
1: show that he does. Um, is it Beware Our Fear Our Flag or something like that? Which, ironically, the only way you can watch it in the UK is to pirate it. So I haven't watched it. Uh, um, uh,
0: yeah, I haven't even heard of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's um. Oh, people, just, people, please email in with your reviews of the show because I'm sure people have watched it. But it's it's like Fear Our Flag or Beware Our Flag or something like that. Or Our Flag Means Death, maybe. Um, and yeah, it's Taika Waititi doing a a pirate, so the Caribbean esque show, but it's very funny apparently.
0: Oh, cool! I need to watch that.
1: But also, the other thing I just I would mention is that the other thing that I think that makes the, um, Ragnarok work and and Thor work is is actually Chris Hemsworth is a really good actor. Like I was yes. I was watching an interview with him. I think it was for Variety or Vogue or something like that, where he broke down. As, as you've seen, I'm sure you've seen these kinds of videos before where they break down the different roles. But it's clear just how deliberate his choices are and how methodical he is as an actor. And I feel like he's been overlooked a bit in that. Like, I think everyone's rightly praising Taika Waititi, but I don't know if enough praise is actually given to Chris Hemsworth. Like, he's he's really
0: good at his job. Yeah. Um. Jacob also mentions uh, the films The Northman, uh, which I do definitely, definitely want to see, and something that you spoke about earlier, everything, everywhere, all at once. That's the one. Yeah, I really, really want to uh, watch. That. I enjoyed each of the uh, each of them in different ways, and would highly recommend them. And finally, Jacob talks about wanting to get more out of his Netflix subscription, so he has another recommendation, The Adam Project, which I've also heard a lot about, and I would be quite keen to to watch. With Ryan Reynolds, Zoe Saldana, and Mark Ruffalo, that's a pretty yeah. pretty big cast. Holy sh. Jacob ends by saying, "This email is dangerously close to getting too long. No email is ever too long. We always read them um, in full, <laughs> but we just sometimes, for the purposes of the podcast, we 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 sort of condense them slightly." Uh, so I'll finish by saying, "You are my favourite providers of non-content on the internet." Jacob, aged approximately six hundred eighty-nine point four seven to the times ten to the power of six seconds.
1: Love it. Uh, very inaccurate. Now that we we've left this for as yes, long as we have. Completely. Yeah. But thank you so much.
0: Well, thank you so much, Jacob, for your email. It was great.
1: And just to repeat my plea from earlier, please do email in. We love hearing from you because, frankly, the, list, the readership of the Wikicast is far more interesting than the hosts of the Wikicast. Oh, completely.
0: Yeah, it doesn't even come close.
1: <laughs> so send us in. Anything. We'll re- I'm not going to say we'll read any old thing, but <laughs> we, we genuinely love hearing from
0: you. But we do. I mean, we do read any old thing. It's just whether it features in the podcast or not.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes, that that's a good uh, good distinction. So, Simon, what have we learned today? Today, Dan, we learned precious little about the Snettisham hydroelectric power plant uh, yes. located 28 miles south of central Juneau, Alaska. Was French part of Alaska. And uh, we we generally had a bit of an old a wag catching up on over a month of having not spoken and a lot happening. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, including me me moving house. You doing a lot of singing for graduations. Getting ready for this first half of your um your your course to be to be finished. Mm. We, we, God, I, it was very wide ranging today. We even had a a a, um, uh, a cameo from Henry Cavill in this one.
0: We did. We um, I, I spoke about the amazing amazing arrangement of uh, Shine. Uh, I take that um, courtesy of the man, the myth, the madman Hugo Wickham. <laughs> we discussed uh, Kenobi and. Uh, lots of Netflix recommendations I mentioned my sort of passion for watching the back catalogue of The Repair Shop which if people don't know what that is um, it's a thing available on iPlayer and it's a group of um, crafts people repairing beloved obje- objects that require sort of timeless handed down skills it's like Baumgartner restoration meets the Great British Bake Off it's incredible and it's
1: beautiful and I love it I'd also highly implore people to go and check out Bobby Broccoli and email in with what you thought about it because frankly, I'd like to make some videos in that style and I've got some ideas, but I would like to hear some ideas from uh, our community as well.
0: And that's all for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice. Join the discord. And if you'd like to see our faces, check out our YouTube channel, Spongy and Electric. Emails on anything, literally anything. And other thoughts on the show can be
1: sent to us at spongyelectric at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Join us again for another tumble down the wiki rabbit hole. And we'll see you next time.